welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trishy Matson. I'm David Schaub, and I fully compartmentalized Elseworlds, so I'll have no idea what that is until the end of this podcast. <laughs> and I'm Brianna. And today we are discussing Season 4, Episode 10 of Supergirl, Suspicious Minds. David, let's hear the recap. Red Supergirl is training, and there's a plan to control her, which nicely frames this episode. Supergirl John and Alex investigate an alien attack, but while the United States doesn't want a war with Supergirl, it does with other aliens it's decided to fire. The Moray try to get their revenge on their abusers, especially Haley, but the DEO, with Supergirl's help, saves her. Colonel Haley tries to find Supergirl's secret identity as leverage to control her. While DEO agents and John try to protect Supergirl, finally the show doubles down on secret identities. John wipes Supergirl's secret from almost everyone's minds, including Alex's. Also, Brainy starts pulling together a team of super friends to support Supergirl. John becomes a PI. Nia is asked to become a hero after an embarrassing non-date with Brainy. And Lena makes up with James, but then embroils him into her mad scientist plan, asking him to be her conscience. How's he gonna feel about the first human trial? Why would he ever find out? I'm like, I could just, that would be an awkward conversation. I mean, he's already having trouble just with the basic plan, let alone finding out someone someone already died from it. And from the end, we know that he is not sure of his new position. Right. Lena is sleeping like a baby, and James is staring off into space. <laughs> yeah, he feels better. No, she feels better. He feels worse. Right. Well, she's had the um, the release of confession, even though it wasn't a full confession. Uh, but now he is burdened with that knowledge. Partial knowledge. And I really like this, because it gives Lena someone to talk to about this. But it also is now going to put... James in conflict with everyone else because he now is going to be in the know and there's probably going to be some time before everyone else finds out and then he's going to have to defend his position. I really quite like this maneuvering that the show's done. Yeah, well, there, there's one thing like it, like in the beginning when Lena was talking about she's like, I, I'm working on it, like working on it alone and I'm like, but you're not? You have a... Eve? She does have t- Miss Tessmacher. She does. Also, another thing I noticed in the beginning, in the intro thing, it, it was just a little thing, but they took about when it was like, I work with my, I work in secret with my adoptive sister. They took out the part about the DEO, which is, it's a nice little thing, because if, if they hadn't done that, I would be sitting here like, um, no, you don't. <laughs> There's an ongoing question at the end of this episode regarding what that credits sequence is going to look like next week and how much it's going to change. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like the abrupt fade to black and no previews for next next week this time. I really liked this episode, but one of the reasons was I was constantly surprised by this episode because this episode is basically, as far as we can tell, unless they do a big U-turn, entirely changing the construction of the entire show halfway mid-season. And that's mm-hmm, just amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's interesting how far they are willing to take the consequences of what has happened up to this point. Yeah, and like, with the way it is, like, the number of people Kara can go to for help just keeps shrinking and shrinking. Like, now, like, she, not only she lost the entire DEO, like, all she has is Jean, Brady, Brainy, and Nia, kind of, maybe. We'll see. 
And that's the thing. Like this episode is a transition period between the show because we have Brainy sort of setting up the new team for maybe the rest of the season, or maybe this is just going to be a brief transition. I was amazed. Well, yes, but also he's setting it up unbeknownst to Supergirl, as far as I can tell. Uh, he, she didn't ask him to help him set up a, help set up a network. He just decided Kara shouldn't be unsupported, and so he started building up the the uh, the phone chain. <laughs> Which, to be yeah. fair, makes way more sense at the end of the episode than it does at the beginning of the episode. True. Well, maybe maybe that big brain of his is good for something. <laughs> and also, like, I have a feeling, like, even if he hadn't done that, she still would have been able to count on Jean. Which I, I, I love him as a PI. I saw that and I was like, yes. Yeah, I, I was really looking forward for a few seconds to just a buddy comedy, uh, uh, Brainy and Jean uh, <laughs> PIs. <laughs> but that's not, what, not what's going to happen. No. We got a new set, and getting mm -hmm. a new set means we're going to see that set going forward. So that PI firm is going to have lots of paper files everywhere in future episodes. <laughs> right. Well, I guess we'll be seeing the DEO set less, um, probably. probably? Uh, I don't know. Will we, will we be seeing things mostly from Supergirl and her little team's uh, perspective from now on, or will we be, we be flipping back and forth as Alex hunts Supergirl, I would assume, with the other amnesiac DEO agents? Um, yeah, we could get interesting back and forth, you know, as, as two different teams hunt problem causers, uh, while Supergirl, of course, tries to keep out of DEO's way from now on. Yeah, that actually just made a question pop in my head that I'm going to be interested to see is, what is Alex going to think of Supergirl now that she doesn't know that Supergirl's her sister? Like, how is she going to feel? How is that going to change? Cause well, it's really interesting because um, Alex's mind wipe, if it was a mind wipe instead of compartmentalizing, but I felt I, they certainly gave the feeling that it was a permanent mind wipe. Uh, Nothing most, is permanent in a CW show. Well, <laughs> we'll see. But the thing is, her memories, of course, of Supergirl are very extensive. And things that ha have happened between her and Kara, uh, or, or Supergirl, have had a tremendous formative effect on her personality. So is she still going to be the same person that she was, just missing some memories? Or is her character going to be affected? Yeah, that's... I have difficulty imagining what Alex is like now. And they didn't show us this. They stopped mm -hmm. at the scene where she has changed because that is radical. That's like decades of her life and you're just ripping it to pieces. Like what is left? Or is it just going to be maybe a mind block on that one detail? But they're going to have to tell Alex's mom that you better not tell Alex this. Like mm. she's going to have to be in on it. There's a bunch of people that are going to have to be in on it. And it's just right. a shocking thing for them to do. When the options that seemed far more likely was Haley, of course, is going to die at the end of the episode, which was by far the most likely. And then the <laughs> next most likely is Alex quits. Right. And this is not what I expected because it's just such a radical action to take. And I'm just amazed. And if this is actually a transition going forward for like maybe the rest of the season, wow. Um, two things about Alex quitting. First... Since she, since her goal in staying at the 
DEO, her stated goal was to be kind of an alleviating influence on Colonel Haley, since she doesn't have those memories of good alien sister anymore. I don't know how much, you know, she's going to alleviate. She may be all in. You know, she may be pretty close to uh, the crossover alternate Alex, you know, gung-ho for the mission of hunting down aliens. Darn it, I just said that I wasn't going to remember Elseworld. But <laughs> the reality there... I'm sorry, it's just too relevant. <laughs> it, it works. Um, and the other thing is, though, if she had quit, I think... Haley would have find, found a way to extrajudicially uh, seize Alex and question her anyway. Perhaps. Yeah, and then and then Kara wouldn't have been able to do, it, to do a thing about it. But this is the thing. In Elseworld, we got to see Supergirl getting an Alex that has no idea who she is on side in 15 minutes, maybe five minutes. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to be a problem, but it's just how long before we get there. Also, she did that as Kara, not as Supergirl. She did that as Supergirl. Did she have her glasses on? I don't remember. She was always Supergirl in the alternative universe. Yeah, true. Almost. Almost always. That was weird. This show might get weird. I'm so curious as to what that next episode is going to be like. At least for this episode, it's going to be a new show. Mm Mm-hmm. So this may be obvious to people who have listened to previous podcasts, uh, but... Uh, I am extremely not okay with Colonel Haley and with the government program of using secret invisible assassins and with it apparently being standard protocol to take uh, minor aliens and terrorize and traumatize them into becoming obedient servants of the state. It's like we lost the... Children of Liberty and, and that plot line, and therefore the government had to get way more evil really quickly. Yeah, my two notes recording this was, Haley was part of a super secret, secret project. How unsurprising. Willing to bet 25 bucks she was looking to weaponize alien abilities. And then, yes, let's train invisible alien babies to be assassins and, and then try and kill them all. What could go wrong? <laughs> Um, but one of the even more disturbing things is that this was obviously a long time ongoing program. Uh, this did not start with President Boxleitner. Um, and so, you know, I'm wondering, was President Alien Linda Carter, um, a part of this determination to use and abuse alien children? It's hard to tell because this was such a dark ops team that it wasn't even in the list of dark ops teams. So it's possible the government itself might not know what the military was doing in this case. Yeah, it was probably set up by someone before her, maybe, and they just never told her about it because they're like, eh, she's probably the kind of person that's not going to be super into this, not realizing that she definitely would not be okay with it. <laughs> but I I can't help but wonder, does the current jerkwad know? Like, d- does he know? Because I have a feeling he does, and I don't like him. I don't like Haley m- more than I don't like him, but I just, I don't like him. It's hard not to like Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> well, he's been in so many likable roles, but certainly as as president, whatever his name is, uh, he is not playing a sympathetic character here. It's possible he doesn't know, though. I still think he is being played as a populist, not as evil. But we'll see how that goes going forward. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I call him Pre- President Grumpy Pants. Uh, one more thing about just this whole program. I find it an additional disturbing factor that Colonel Hayes, uh, being a black woman, is down with othering and, you know, depersonalizing and objectivizing aliens. She is very anti-alien in this episode. It goes all the way down basically to being she is bigoted. And there's this, but they're not human line that the show likes to throw at us. And she's right there, which is uh, even harsher than she is, I think, seemed earlier. Yeah. Earlier, it seemed like, you know, you have she she'd be telling Alex, you have to place to face some unpleasant facts and we can't trust these aliens. Uh, you know, they've caused harm, that kind of thing. Now it seems really like, you know. Aliens are, at best, tools that we use at our pleasure. (laughs) What is... I just... I feel like there might be something more to why she has that mindset. Hmm. Because we don't know a lot about her other than her connection with Project Moray. And the fact that she's very... Like, she doesn't like aliens, but she likes to control them. So I'm like, where... What's her backstory? Why is she like this? And it was a bit interesting that she was not in on the cover-up. At least the implication is that she isn't. You might not believe her, but there's an implication that she didn't expect Supergirl to see her, so she didn't think it was those aliens. She probably should have put it together with it being that set of military soldiers. But yeah. Or maybe mention something that she is aware of an alien species that could be invisible, so it might be related to that species. Or just... Be something other than a jerk and a roadblock that causes all kinds of problems. The show does the one thing which all of these shows do when it's about a good guy, superpowered character. There's this tension where the government spends lots of time and effort trying to control them and manage them or hunt them, when realistically there are larger threats around that are more worth their time. Mm -hmm. So this is the case where why is Haley bothering dealing with Supergirl right now when there's this much greater threat to be dealt with. And it's just, well, the show has to be about Supergirl, but it's just this always tension of, is it really worth the government's time to be trying to go after who we know are good guys? Because they're the most powerful and we don't know if they'll stay good guys? Maybe. I think in show terms, uh, as of the previous episode, Haley seemed to be expecting Supergirl is quitting the DEO and their Supergirl will vanish from our kin um and she was surprised and upset when supergirl showed up at at the ship um and supergirl said you know just because i'm not working for the government anymore doesn't mean i'm going to stop uh helping people saving people being a hero and i think that was when Haley went into the all-out effort of we must find and control uh supergirl Definitely. So if, if if Kara had been content to just retire, she might have been allowed to escape into, into obscurity. But, you know, announcing, you know, coming onto the scene like, like that was basically waving a red flag for uh, Haley to charge at. Yeah, with people like that, I'm like, do you, do you really want to challenge them or do you maybe want to try and be a little more subtle? So it doesn't. So their life ambition is to make the world better instead of just getting you. 
In regards to Haley and her treatment of people, why has she never really questioned her trust of Brainy? She does know that he's an alien, right? We don't even know if he's an alien. He's certainly a oh, cyborg of some kind. Yeah. And certainly far enough from human to not be considered human. But right, far enough from human to get beaten up on the street if if uh, yeah. he gets unmasked. Definitely. If, if people can manage to lay a hand on him, despite yeah. his balletic combat skills. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that was what I was getting at. But, like, does, does she even know like, that that's not actually what he looks like? She must. I, I would think that would have been in the personnel files when she took over. By the way, this guy is an alien cyborg. <laughs> Or a cyborg, at least. With everyone, you always have to ask the question of, have they actually been fully identified by the government? We saw John Jones's PI plaque, and he's down as John Jones. <laughs> Does that mean John Jones actually exists? Is that actually a cover? We, we come across one person who then refers to John as Henshaw again. But yeah. clearly, most of the government understands it's like, what is actually his position? What is actually Supergirl's legal position? What is actually Brainy's position? This show doesn't really want to bother getting into all this minutia, but it always leaves sort of this question in my mind. Yeah, also, as far as I know, like, he hasn't been at the DEO that long, and do they put this file that he's actually from the future, so don't ask him about the future? Or else you might break time? I don't know. Um, before, I would have said that none of the DEO agents knew anything much at all. But um, now we found out that there were half a dozen DEO agents who knew Kara Supergirl's secret for at least some point in time and have kept quiet about it. So presumably they're smart people. Presumably they've figured some things out on their own, even if they haven't been told things. But Brainy was walking around without any disguise for a good chunk of his True. appearances. It'd be shocking that that wasn't common knowledge. Right. Yeah, You're but, right. Yeah, that doesn't... Uh, but does that mean, like, why does she treat him like a normal person, though? If she's like, if she sees people this way, she, she must realize that hmm. he could very well also be a threat because I think he could probably, like, hack into, like, a nuclear missile using a phone. He's probably as much of a threat as Supergirl. Does she possibly think of Brainy as just a robot, an AI that will take orders and not have initiative? So she's or never seen Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terminator was programmed, you know, at least. <laughs> it just seems a bit strange, and maybe they're going to cover that in some later episode. Hmm. I just yeah. I, I now I kind of want her to like walk in and he doesn't have this thing on and just her, her be just shocked and upset. He's like, <laughs> I thought you knew. I'm sorry. I thought everyone knew. Isn't it obvious that I'm not a regular old human? And then maybe start, she just likes him because he loved her pie and got obsessed with looking up pie recipes. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest way for me to reconcile her attitude toward him. I reconcile it by thinking that they've written a story to cover that and it just hasn't happened yet and they're ignoring it until they get to the episode <laughs> where it covers it. Mm -hmm. And something might come to a head, but the thing is, Brainy is now going to be the only person at the DEO who knows. Right. Except for he could turn that off for a specific period of time. That may never come up again. <laughs> that was really funny, though. Especially the look on his face when he kicked back in. He's like, oh, oh, yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful hanging a lantern on the 
why don't people realize that Supergirl and Kara are the same person? Well, you see how Brainy responded. Kara. They don't even look alike. <laughs> Beautifully done. Yeah. Just run with it, show. Yeah. Speaking of Brainy, Brainy trying to like flirt or have conversation with any female that is not Kara, Alex, or Haley. My goodness, that was an awkward non-date. <laughs> yeah, like at, at first I was like, "Oh, this is kind of adorable." He's asking her on a date, and it's so cute. And then just like, "Okay, can you, like Alex just like sit down and talk to him about how to interact both socially and romantically with a female?" No one knows he's doing it. He doesn't know he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just help the poor guy. He has, and but and on the. Big date, his card are like, oh, I, I didn't think someone like you'd be interested. I'm like, oh, you poor child. <laughs> and I like the writing that Nia basically at that point says, well, I don't know if I am. <laughs> the thing is, though, the first scene, the scene on the phone, I loved that scene. Yes. That aspect of having Brainy being weird worked really well. Mm -hmm. But the date was just too far for me. And at that point... What are you doing, show? Why are you doing this to Brainy? It is too far. He cannot be that crazed. He, he's not that stupid. Surely he knows something about social customs. And also, I mean, I know his emotional IQ is low, but he does know how to look stuff up, like social interactions and asking people out and stuff. Um, I guess he just usually doesn't think he needs to because he's so smart he thinks he can figure it out on his own. He should just And obviously because he is attracted to Nia, therefore he is worse around mm -hmm. her. I can cope with that a bit. I could cope with that for the asking out part, but oh my. The date also, scene the was just too embarrassing. And on the phone, didn't she say like, are you asking me out on a date? Nope, she didn't use the word date. Uh, it was just asking Yeah, me she out. said, are you asking me out, I uh, think. Which, yes. <laughs> well, yes, I'm asking you to go somewhere that is out of your home with me. It's almost mean to the audience because to us, he is acting embarrassed about asking her out on a date because he is embarrassed about asking her out on a date. And then to find right. out that that wasn't the reason, what are you doing? It's a bit of a bait and switch. It is. Also, I, you know, I would enjoy cute dating stuff between Brainy and Nia a lot Please. more than continuous misunderstandings. Please, just just have Al like have like Nia mention something with Alex nearby, and then Alex just sits and does like, okay, Brainy, I'm gonna teach you some things. I'm gonna learn you a thing today. <laughs> yeah, and that might be what's necessary. I and just hope we don't have to wait too long for it. And then flash to hours later, and they're both drinking a beer, just talking about it. It's like, and Bray's like, why is it so complicated? Why are it so complicated? And Alex is just like, I know, right? <laughs> I did actually like aspects of Brainy's pep talk there, though. When he actually got to his point of trying to get together super friends, it wasn't a bad pep talk. And I did think that binder was very big for just costume and codename ideas. Yeah. I mean, is it one costume and five sketches of changes in accessories? <laughs> I mean, that was a thick, thick binder. So if he is really just, you know, drawing dozens and dozens and dozens of pages of costumes for Nia and thinking, you know, he, he's kidding himself. He, ha he has a major crush on her. <laughs> 
And maybe also, he was also a fan from the future. Yeah, as I'd say, you do remember. He knows exactly who she becomes oh, in the future, so that could just true. be everything he remembers. Yeah, well, I mean, he's assuming that the future is going to be the way he remembers it. He's staying behind, and who knows what all kinds of changes he's introducing into the timeline. Yeah, I mean, his existence? Mm-hmm. But I, I agree on the we need more, like, can they go on an actual date, please? That would make me happy. Yeah, especially since the main plot line is so very heavy uh, right now. Okay, so I, for, I forgot what I was going to say this, but back to his pep talk when he was telling, like, his part of the story about, like, he was going down a drug path and then he was given a choice and, like, hang on, is this, like, his backstory of how he joined the Legion? And why have we never heard of this? What was he doing before he joined them? I was what intrigued was by that and it really made me want to hear more about his backstory, too. I definitely yeah. took that as pre-Legion days. I mean, I hope they're going to give us more than just that little teaser. Yeah. Also, I think there might have been a hinting about, like, may will they give us more about Nia's family? Because, like, in her phone call in the end, she was like, hey, Maeve, what's up? Yeah, we can talk about Mom's birthday. So, like, yeah. is there a So, that was her, was that her sister that she was calling, babe? Maeve. Maeve. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. heard babe. <laughs> I had subtitles. I had on. the subtitles on. It was me. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> Definitely get where you could have heard that though. But I'm like, so she has siblings and her mom. And I'm like, are, are we going to get to see them? I like. I, I hope we do. But I think they've established that Nia is the only one with this precognitive ability, right? Yeah. There was the part of the recap before the episode, and the line was, once in a generation, some of our women. I don't actually know how to parse that. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that at the time. Yeah. Um, once and some do not <laughs> equate. <laughs> yeah. But let's just go with it's rare. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I'm assuming they know about it, too. Maybe. Uh, it's certainly possible that her family is not aware yeah, or and they, I don't know if they'd be aware of how much her ability has grown recently. All we know is we're definitely going to see more of her using her powers. There's no way they're going down this path with this much effort to not show us more. There was a couple other sort of structural meaning things about the episode that I'd like to briefly touch on. I really liked how they gave us the quick note, Red Supergirl is still around. <laughs> but they use it That's nicely right. for that one line regarding how to control her. Which sort of frames right. the plot of this episode. <laughs> but what I really like structurally is the glorious hypocrisy because we later get the scene with Kara and Alex and they're discussing the cover-up. And Kara responds, why do people cover things up? They should just know that we're going to figure it out. <laughs> Kara and Alex spend the rest of the episode doing exactly that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then the thing that they cover up gets found out. It does, and then they just go and wipe everyone. You could almost get into a Groundhog Day situation of constantly having to re-wipe everyone, but at least they solved that problem. Yeah. Right, they need some of the little flash pens like the men in black have. Just a quick memory yeah. wipe. Other than, other, otherwise John's just going to be like, how many times did I literally <laughs> just wiped you? By the way, John got over his... Uh, uh, reluctance to invade people's minds mighty quick when he found out that it was Supergirl's secret identity at stake. Yeah. Because that would hurt the two people he cares most about right now, which is Kara and Alex. 
here's the problem with the show. They could change almost everything in this show, but you can't have Supergirl's identity known. This is like you can't have a Superman where everyone knows he's Clark Kent. It just right. structurally, it is not the same show. It's too far of a stretch. No one's going to let them write that. So the only thing we know at the end of the episode is no matter what, Supergirl is not going to get found out. Everything else can change. And here we've been debating how long is it going to take for Lena to know. The show's gone the other direction. Now not even <laughs> Alex knows. And right. I was like, how does your sister not know? So like this doubling down, we're in for forevermore secret identity drama. <laughs> okay, well, does anyone have any other points they want to discuss? I wanted to give the show some points and then take away some points about some super science. <laughs> so when the Moray attack, they use mist, lasers, and paintballs. And I have to say, the use of mist and paintballs is ingenious. Love it. Mm -hmm. Great. Unfortunately, I'm not quite sure if I understand their use of lasers, because lasers are still light. Yeah. Because they're thinking the physical mass would trip the lasers and trigger uh, the mist? Then you should uh, that's be able to how see I understand <laughs> True. <laughs> But the mist and the paintballs were a glorious idea. Yeah. I'll rarely give the show points for its science, but that was nice, practical, and perfectly clever. Yeah, I'm just like, just like have everyone have like, it would have been funny, they had cans of silly string. <laughs> and whenever they thought they heard one, just start spraying it, and then you have slightly murdered aliens wandering around with silly string. Stop. <laughs> Just have I've... confetti randomly dropping from the ceilings every once in a while. <laughs> the other thing I'm curious to see how it unfolds, especially now with Alex in the DEO without her knowledge of Supergirl and Kara, is we were given a story arc in terms of the DEO and its use of weapons and how dark is it going to get and whether Alex will save it from that. So it does really feel like we now have a story coming up, which will be how dark does the DEO go Haley had that statement about when soldiers are asked to do ugly things. And now we're going to see this question of, does the DEO act like Haley, or is it going to follow the positive moral example of Supergirl? So this is, I think, really going to be a going forward uh, a test for the character of the DEO as a structure, as an organization. And we'll have to see how that plays out. Well, I think it'll be really interesting to see whether Alex pushes back against these policies out of principle, rather than having that entangled with feelings for her sister. Yeah, well, also I'd like to point out, they pretty quickly and unquestioningly went to kill it immediately. Mm-hmm. Once Haley told them to. They're following orders. Yeah. Order structure is unclear, so I guess maybe this organization isn't actually part of the FBI and it's directly under the military now, again. The rules of the structure of the organization, not very clear. <laughs> right. They, they've they never really made it explicit whether, uh, <clears throat> whether the DEO was part of the FBI or if they were just using that as their Magic cover, cover for the branch. Though also we did see a scene where Alex's gun, which I still don't understand, did blow a hole into the leg of one of the mores, which looked like a potentially... If you hit in the wrong place, a mortal wound. Mm -hmm. I don't quite understand how Alex's gun is meeting Alex's standard. 
well, yeah. you also have to consider <laughs> alien biology. Like a shot to the leg may not be too fatal, but I just okay. So like weird psychology thing, but like it, like your brain is programmed to make sure you don't do anything that's going to be hazardous to your health, right? Because like the, there's a, apparently like there's enough strength in your jaw where you could like bite off your finger like a carrot, so, but your brain's like, no, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so you never bite down that hard, like. It's like your brain's programmed to not do the dangerous things, but the fact that that moray just, like, without even, like, hesitation, literally just killed itself just because it didn't want to go back to the DEO or to Haley, that speaks volumes of just how dark she's willing to go. Because mm-hmm. she instilled that amount of fear in it as a kid. I think we basically may see a bit of a regression from Alex, but I don't think it'll be too far, and I don't think it'll last too long. Oh, I hope not. I, I don't want not. them to break her character. I like <laughs> Alex. I don't want them to make me not like Alex. I just, there's so many questions about that next episode. I'm sure we're going to spend more time in a PI office and looking through paper files and magically finding things really quickly. <laughs> and maybe that's what the show's going to look like a bit going forward, but... We just do not know. I'm very curious for next week or whenever the next episode's airing. Yeah. Um, so overall, I respect this episode. It went farther than I would have expected in going down some paths. Um, it's uh, certainly showing itself willing to break the formula of what has gone before. And like you, David, uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see where they take this next. I'm going to assume it's not just how badly I felt about Elseworld, my reason for liking this episode so much. I just really liked it. And if they can make it work and stick landings for what they're starting here, it could be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm kind of wondering, are the Children of Liberty are going to come back, right? Absolutely. And they've, they've got to. They can't. Who's going to be the head of that? Also, who was the actual person in charge of that to begin with? Because we, we saw it wasn't Lockwood. So when are we going to get to see the man behind the curtain? Which uh, uh, I've already stated, I believe, must be Lex Luthor pulling strings from from uh, behind the prison curtain. Although I guess it could be Mama Luthor. <laughs> but uh, since we've heard already that he's been cast, um, he will be appearing on the show eventually. So that's the logical person to be in charge of the Sons of Liberty. After watching this episode, I resisted starting to look up rumor sites <laughs> because the structural changes are large enough that probably something will have leaked. But I haven't yet, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. I did, however, read Red Sun Superman comic, which I can say is a really good comic and will have basically no real impact or similarity to this show. But I can say it is a good comic to read. Well, um, I uh, following your discussion in the previous i think it was after uh, the crossover you you had said it might be worth uh looking at crisis on infinite earth so i did check out the collection from the library but i haven't had a chance to look at it yet i'm a little reluctant because if i recall correctly one of my friends in college actually burned one of the issues of crisis ceremonially ceremonially wow. <laughs> in his hibachi <laughs> He hated it so much, but <laughs> oh, but I will give a look. <laughs> I paid is... money for my copy. I might regret this. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, of course, I would never burn a library book. That was his own copy of, of a single issue that he burned. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, interesting episode. Lots to look forward to. Um, so, uh, we will, of course, be back with the podcast uh, next time. I would like to thank uh, both of you, of course, for uh, this uh, lovely, fascinating conversation. <laughs> Happy to be here. Always happy to happy I was able to join today. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you could make it. Um, I'd like to thank The Incomparable for hosting our podcast. And, of course, I want to thank the listeners. I hope you enjoy our discussions and come back next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. I was so surprised by this episode. I should have even also said just how much I liked the Lena and James conversations. They were just amazingly done, considering how weak James has been mm-hmm. for a bunch of episodes. And I don't know if I bought those episodes really explain anything James said. <laughs> but this episode was good. I do feel like James has been pretty much a convenient marker to move around more than a really consist- self-consistent character. Yeah. Yeah. Thing I failed to bring up, um, which is this episode was directed by um, a director who's done a whole pile of the Doctor Who episodes. Ooh. Uh, Rachel Talloway. She's a Vancouver director and has done some amazing episodes of Doctor Who. And uh, she did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the acting was solid. Um, and I did really like the stuff at the end with Kara uh, and, and Alex. Um, uh, the heartbreak of well, she's not exactly losing a sister because she'll still remember Kara, but she won't remember everything that Kara is. And, of course, um, Kara herself won't be able to talk stuff over with her big sister anymore. And she's going to have to get all of her news from Brainy, too. They mm-hmm. should have a sort of psychotic episode problem with Alex as she basically starts to lose it because her <laughs> memories are so screwed up. Yeah, it's be like, oh, you... And like have that like have like car mentions in memory that had nothing really to do with her being an alien superpowered or supergirl, and Alex is just like, "What are you talking about? That never happened." They they may not hit the landing on that one. It's such a difficult thing writing hole they wrote themselves into. Mm. Oh, that's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.